Hey, hey, dude, dude, dude. Just in time. Just in time for the side quest live. Happy birthday to us. 14 years of the side quest. Taylor, you you cleaned up, got ready. Look at you, look at you, dude. There you go. Is it uh, is it like seventy five degrees today over by you? Uh, it was it topped. It was above eighty. It was above, above 80, eighty today. Above eighty. Holy crap! Yeah, we're classic hitting those, April. Uh, classic classic early April. <clears throat> we're hitting those uh, temps um, next week, all week long, which is great. Going from uh, snow and hail yeah. and torrential downpours of rain like yesterday to eighty degrees jorts weather. If my pool was open, I would be in it uh, next yeah, week. Yeah, we have uh, we have two eighty five degrees coming up next week, Thursday and Friday. Man, it's just <laughs> something's something's not right. It's uh, um, not good. It's not, not good, good, actually. It's not. It's not good. Uh, I had my uh, welcome to the gardening portion of the side quest. I've been pruning. Uh, oh, look at that! Oh, wait, hold on. Johnny has entered the chat. <clears throat> look at him go. Uh, I'm pruning my wisteria trees to finally mm. think I'll be planting one uh, this year and giving one to my neighbor. But uh, so I've been teaching them. <clears throat> so I took them out the other day. And of course, that's the day we get the torrential downpour. So crazy. Whoa. But check this out. Ready? Ooh, like a mini bunt cake. I thought, oh, I'm about to drop it on top of my laptop. Look at that. Make a wish, Taylor. Float out. Make a wish. Probably shouldn't have blocked it with the stupid Blowing thing. it right through the pop filter. Classic. Yeah. It, the filter works. The pop filter works. There you go. Happy birthday to SideQuesting. We're popping bottles. I have some Everybody, tequila, Everybody tequilas. said that, that we'd never make it. Uh, we have stupidly outlasted many a great website. And all, it takes, all it takes is not being a business. Then it's all of a sudden a it's business. way easier. Never be a business for All anybody. All you have to do is us. not expect revenue and not pay anyone. Yep. And boom. It's great. It's great. The, we're like the ultimate grifters in a weird way, but we're grifting ourselves because imagine if we were actually paid. <laughs> it's all lost, baby. It's all a loss. <laughs> oh, Lord. <clears throat> How's it going, Jeff Keeley out there? Yes. <laughs> Shoot yeah, my shot please, to get into please, the SPF. Yeah, please make us make us your uh we're, we're your spokesperson now. We are yours. We're gonna be the SGF party list, Simmer Game Fest party list, showing up live. <clears throat> um, yeah, hey, 14 years, it's pretty cool. Uh I uh yeah, I'll tell the story. We started the website because we wanted to get into E3 and we got into E3, and then we got review code out of E3, and we had to stick around and do those reviews. And then hey, guess what? Was what was E3 the first the review code again? We've told this story. Like I think it was like, but... it may have been my baby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one of the my baby games. I'll have to take a look at the oldest reviews. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's so wild. Like, yeah, it's just uh, video games, man. I tell you, one of these days I'll republish some of those. I'm going to keep playing at, them, I think. I, I think that's actually a good idea. Actually a good idea. Yeah, I uh, looked at some of my early reviews for the site and I thought, man um why how i wrote so poorly back then and then i look at my stuff i now still do like, wow i go i looked at my stuff now and thought wow i wrote so much better back then <laughs> <laughs> yes <clears throat> jesus 
GM Chrysler. Uh, but yeah, 14 years, loads of fun. We'll keep doing it. We uh, we won't make a big deal about this till we're old enough to vote, and then um, watch out other websites because it's all that's, about four God, more years, man. Uh, good times, good times. But I uh, hope you're having a fun week. I know tomorrow is Good Friday. I don't know if you got it off. I know I have it off. It'll be a fun. I don't long week. Oh, it's a bummer. That's a bummer. Don't. Um, It'll be a, it's a longer weekend for us, which is kind of nice. <clears throat> they give us the half day being um, in uh, a part of a larger corporation that, that I work for. We, we are a cool company in that we get the half day off before the holiday. So we got done at noon today. Yeah. And I just sat on the couch. Yep. <clears throat> plopped on the couch, played video games and napped. And I thought, oh, it's actually, I missed doing that kind of stuff. That's pretty cool. Um, but Last night, we're going to get right into, right into the news. Uh, last night was the debut of a certain movie that everybody is talking about. And that, of course, is Air, the Michael Jordan film. Um, it is certified it is fresh, baby. Certified fresh. One thing that's not certified fresh, certified, maybe more like it, is the Mario movie from Did the be a little side. fried, according to critics. Uh I think it was, it's come, it's back down to like a 52 or a 53 or something. It peaked at like 56. <clears throat> um, uh, have you, I'm, I'm assuming you haven't seen it yet. Have you, Taylor? Uh, there, I, there's a very, very low chance that I will and, see okay. this in theaters. Well, I'll talk about it after, uh, that'll be my, my review portion. I have, I have two things I'm going to review later. This is one of them. But um, regardless of what the Rotten Tomato scores, we, we knew that, Review scores for this movie just they were not going to matter. No matter the reviews could have been like zero, and people it matters to me because now I get to make fun of it for being bad. Now you get to make fun of it for being bad. What thing you won't be able to make fun of it is uh, that it's not going to rake in the money because um, it's already yesterday was opening day and it tipped thirty over thirty one million in the U.S. alone. I think thirty five, close to thirty five uh, internet uh, over you know the rest of the world. I, yeah, I, I, wonder, I wonder how much either. I wonder how much like most of you know China and Asia is going to push it because um, yeah, that's gonna, that's Ooh. that's going to be what really matters. Japan as as... is opening up after like in like two weeks, which is wild. So, so crazy to me. <laughs> this is I don't, um, I don't I know if the... there was like maybe some local releases that they're trying to dodge because like it literally doesn't you know yeah. it it doesn't matter if if they release it before or after the regular international because like it's just a all that matters is head-to-head domestic box office yeah. for, for for them over there. So, agree. I mean, that's 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 that, that's what my my brain comes to. I, I, um, I, I have no idea. I know in the U.S. there isn't anything for kids that's coming out until <clears throat> I guess Guardians kids, of the Galaxy. No. Guardians of the Galaxy even, is even like the that's first like... and even that, and then it's Little Mermaid is a couple weeks after that. So there isn't anything. So this thing is going to continue to be a mind. I mean they. The prediction right now from Universal, yeah, juggernaut. It is a giant. It is a Bowser sized, um, uh, a bomber bill, as they call it in this. So what do we think? I mean, this just popped into my brain because I was thinking about, Mm -hmm. you know, March, April, and what that month has meant because of the switch. And you know, it's now that I'm thinking about, I'm like, okay, so you know, potentially once upon a time, this could have been when Switch sequel drops sure. right 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 movie slips in obviously you're gonna put that in because that there's a, a ton of other things going on mm-hmm. do we then look at the next ten this this time frame next year 
as real as the as a core possibility and do we do they bring back the theatrical run or maybe they sell a bundle with the movie man it is um it's it's super interesting because i i don't know they love this time of year they do they do be loving this time of year this year especially uh nintendo said you know we don't we don't need a new console right now Mm -hmm. because we got zelda coming out that's a ton of money coming in right there we have this mega movie which like i said it's opening weekend just domestically is now tracking for 141 million dollars and that's just through sunday a lot of kids are kicking off their spring breaks this coming weekend i know we're finishing it up and some some have already finished it but so this thing's going to be continually from morning to night pumping out dollars so you could you could theoretically see the mario movie in just like 10 days bringing in 250 million in the u.s by itself which is just it's it's effing nuts we'll see yeah um but uh and they had the opening of super nintendo world or whatever that was over at um uh in universe studios in california so they're they really are sort of diversifying what what they're doing and they don't need the Obviously, they don't need a new switch right now because they have all this other mind share that uh, that people have their their eyesight on. Um, and so, <clears throat> when you get into the new switch, God, I mean, this movie—I don't think they've uh, they've necessarily announced the release date digitally, but this is going to be—I mean, it'll probably be out in like I'd I reckon August. July, August timeframe. Usually it's like what three months mm-hmm. after somewhere on there that'll hit that it'll be available digitally and in stores and retail and stuff. And it's gonna sell a ton then because we've already seen it pre-orders go live for a bunch of things. Uh, you know, um, I think tomorrow the pre-orders go live for the soundtrack. So <clears throat> yeah, you're looking at let's see, it's April, May, June, July. July, August, you'll see this movie hit store shelves. Uh and um I don't think you need, I don't think you need to put out a new switch. Um, <laughs> if you're, cause then come, then you got, then you're riding into the holidays and people are going to want to buy this during the holiday season. I could definitely see Nintendo, you know, this will be on sale black Friday deals for like nine 99 or whatever. People will be buying this like crazy, a good stocking stuffer for those who didn't get it yet. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, Man, it's just it's just nuts. Like they can they can literally ride this thing for a while, um, and that they will, and that they will. And I'm yeah, like I said, I do they release a version of the Switch, regular old Switch, with this sort of thing? Is there another Mario Switch that comes out later this year that has this movie packed in? You know, a digital version of this movie? I don't, maybe they could, or maybe it gives i don't i don't know um, time, time to turn it into a real multimedia machine you know it they really sells, yeah. <laughs> just gotta imagine that they sell like a they put a 4k version of the movie on and just all this <laughs> switch internal storage is just gone evaporates exactly nothing so 32 megs of the, the switch's <laughs> internal storage um but no it's it's a uh it's certainly it, again, they've revised their numbers. It's tracking bigger. It was very smart to put this movie out on a Wednesday um, instead of the Friday, which is what they were initially going for. So, uh, yeah, I um, this may speed up some things. I wouldn't be surprised if we get an announcement that the second that the sequel was greenlit, like in the next like two three weeks here, they're going to be finding that out. 
um, with a date. I mean, they may give a date to, on this sucker for, on a sequel, but uh, yeah, it's certainly puts Nintendo in a weird place because they can go anyway. Yeah, there you go. I like uh, Mario Bath products. The Bath products is Mario already out ASMR there. podcast. The, the ASMR podcast. You know that's I not think a... I th- I, th- I think YouTube probably already has you covered, Johnny. Did yeah. you have you thought about looking at YouTube? You've probably never heard of it. You should go to youtube.com and then Google search um, Mario uh, ASMR and see what pops up. Johnny is watching us through Geocities somehow. <laughs> yeah. You know, Deli, I, <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone called Geocities. Okay. Geocities I, before. Let me, let me say this. I always called it Geocities. And then... Somebody over the last like week and a half, there's a great podcast, I think it was 99% Invisible or something, that called it Geocities. And I thought, Geocities? I'm like, I it's not it's GeoCities, like it's Geo, it's it's GIF, it's not GIF. And now all of a sudden I've been calling it Geocities for the last week and a half, and I hate myself for it. It's GeoCities. Thank you. So yeah. I mean, like, I think. Geocities. Uh, there you go, Johnny. Geocities. <laughs> um, I don't like. Does is it is it an actual word itself? No, I don't think so. It's not. It's GeoCity. Yeah. Is all it is. Yeah. Okay. That's what Geocities. It just sounds like somebody was trying to talk about atrocities, except that they're except, except they're like G, except they're geolocated. These are geolocated <laughs> atrocities. atrocities. Oh, atrocities located on the web. It's great. Geocities. Oh goodness. Um, uh, another bit of news since we last spoke. Uh, E three. 2023 was officially can't it seems like it was, it was so long ago but it, it was, was mere after. moments it was mere moments after we had the podcast last it was last it, week. it was the the next morning exactly yeah. uh, e3 is officially canceled <clears throat> what this means for the game i listen everybody had heard that e3 was canceled and so all i did was i just made it i just asked chat gpt to write an article about what e3 being canceled means for the <laughs> which is great there you go good stuff but um yeah, it's uh, it's canceled. It's a bummer. Uh, um, only because I liked heading out there. I like getting my hands on games. But maybe if Jeff Keeley, hi Jeff, hi Jeff, you're listening. Um, <clears throat> the in person stuff is is super valuable. We talk about that. In person stuff is super valuable because of like we said last week and like before, the people you meet, you can make these great connections. So, um, yeah, it's a bummer. Uh, do we think it's? Do you think it's dead forever? Uh, mm, I think that they're gonna try okay. again. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I will say that the, you know, I'm I'm a part of for you know I'm in like a couple discords and stuff like that that are not as adjacent as we are sure. to to you know video games and and uh specifically the industry yep and it was very interesting to watch what forums posted and what those types of Mm. places posted which were um yeah this makes sense e3 uh doesn't have a purpose anymore and everybody can put um their showcases online what's even the point etc etc and uh so yeah i mean the 
if E3 is going to continue with any facet of what it was at its peak, then no, it will never come back. Um, if they want to return to an actual trade show, I mean, the issue is like they're no longer like E3 when it did what it was doing and when it started to do a transition and to let people in, uh, sorry, you know, consumers in, it is, it became a mesh of what GDC and PAX is in one show. Um, and there was a certain value to both of those things happening at one time. Yep. Um, the issue is, is that as E3 kind of like waned and that formula became easier to figure out, GDC got bigger, PAX has got bigger and also more numerous. And E3 is important because it did not differentiate itself from either one of those two shows waned. Um, so, so long as they don't carve out a new piece. Sure. It is. That, that sentiment, like if you're trying to claw back because and become what it was and have showcases, like most people have already moved on. It's been yeah. four years and they don't crave um, what the showcases had become anyway. Um, they had turned into these weird pseudo spectacles um, that were overly scripted. Um, you know, we were, remin- you know, we had some stuff in the discord reminiscing about like, you know, shit from 15 years ago older than that um i guess was it the was it the, was that the ps2 clip yes the ps2 clip so the ps2 oh, clip, clip ps2 that P- enemy grabs and yeah um no no but the one where or was it the one where they walked in and said 299 and then he oh, walked the out PS1. it was a playstation that, 1. that was that was ps1 jesus christ so yeah i mean you know now we're, you know now we're talking more than 20 years ago so yep. way before we saw anything yeah and like yeah. you know those those kinds of moments are gone because it is custom it's consumer focused and you know it that splash wasn't for anybody other than industry people like that was it like those i mean that and journalists right um right, as much right. as as much as you know an even more infantile um scene that it is now so i i don't see it doing it again unless it I'm, tries tries to go back so to like pre two thousand five. I um, <clears throat> what I think is is likely to work. <clears throat> go okay. So uh, publishers, uh, developers, I, I know for a fact they hated the public stuff because yeah. the public stuff just made a mess of a situation that you had to scale back the kinds of, of um, stuff you can show demos the stuff you could show because if you show something too early to the public they will hold you accountable for it as, and, as and, journalists and, and, as the, yeah the and yeah i mean like you know that there was a you know, there was a big thing that happened around 2005 to 2006 and that was that everybody started to get smartphones um so and then yep. that was that coincided with them letting people in there is no containment of information at all anymore with customers there and it you know if if uh if a demo on the show floor has issues then all of a sudden you're hearing about those issues say this game sucks look it's this game's horrible it's bad there was a bug in the game how can you how can you even show this demo meanwhile the rest of us know the folks who are in, in the industry know look at look at this type of thing and say 
you know, we know it has bugs. We know it has, I mean, it's the, it is a demo. It's something that literally they have to, they have to allocate resources to, to create a demo. So you have like 10, 15, 20, 30 people sometimes, maybe even more putting a demo together, not including the marketing stuff that has to go along with it <clears throat> for a show floor, which means it's a, there's so many, you know, concessions you have to make. And so when, you get Joe Schmo off the seat, off the street. Who we love you, Joe Schmo. You're the ones who watch this. Um, also, Jeff Keeley. Hi, Jeff. Uh, when you get Joe Schmo off the off the street, and he sees this and says, um, "This sucks. Uh, the demo sucks." And <laughs> it, just, it just it just it's it's defeats the purpose. So, what I what's interesting is what uh, Jeff Keeley is doing. I know we we give Jeff Keeley crap, but really only for how he responds to certain things. He's, he's happy that E3, because E3 spited him, and so he's very spiteful, but understand. Um, uh, but what he's got right with his games and with the Play Days thing is um, hands-on time for journalists and outlets. Now, those have to be, they're way more vetted than stuff like E3. <clears throat> E3 have a big, giant audience. You can have people from around the world show up um, where you're getting... I think one year there was something like 6,000 journalists and, and and like outlets and stuff from around the world checking out games and, and products. That's a massive amount of information, right? Now, yeah. the Summer Games Fest Play Days, you're probably looking at 200 at most. Now, <clears throat> obviously things have changed. Obviously there's more, you know, social media, hopefully it dies, but social media is a thing, it, you know, um, uh, content creators streamers all that kind of stuff is a part of it but it's a different type of um different type of audience different type of setup there so uh i know jeff's keely stuff the summer game fest is very small very pared down focuses on hands-on time for journalists what's missing is the one-on-one -on -one interactions from businesses from marketing from uh platform holders <clears throat> because you know some of the best things that happened at e3 were when um, Miyamoto would walk over to the PlayStation booth or the Xbox booth and play games. And, you know, that stuff happened. They would, mm -hmm. the developers would see things, they'd get ideas, they'd say, all right, crap, they're doing this. We need to up our, and it actually makes end products stronger from that standpoint. And then finally, like we said before, face-to-face -face meetings are so hugely important. The business side is not necessarily there for the stuff like Summer Game Fest. Now, um, we're going to have the showcases. I think doing streaming showcases are fine. Nintendo, everybody's been doing it for the last, you know, three years, especially four years and last yeah, I mean, 10 like, years if you're Nintendo. But the hands-on stuff is is important. Yeah, I mean, I think that as a, as a person that, like, as a consumer of the content and the media, mm -hmm. I prefer pre-recorded stuff. It's just cleaner. It's faster. Um, it's yeah. less annoyingly cringy, right? Um, right. I, you know, it's just the the stuff on stage. Like you know, that you we can get just as much surprise moments off of a pre recorded thing um, as as anything else, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if if anything, sometimes more so because they get to control the exact cadence of every part of it uh, more than they can at a live show. So it's like yep. that yep. that that big moment is at their discretion out of the discretion of, of the show. Um, so like, like I said, those, those things don't matter. I don't know. I mean, yeah. like yeah. it was always, it was, I always loved 
E3, like, you know, back when I was um, in high school in Dali, you were, uh, I think, 87 years into the. uh, (laughs) Um, No. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I love you. So back, you know, back, but back in when I was in high school and I still, I, I still looked forward to E3, Same. but, Same. but not because I was going to watch a showcase because they, I didn't see, you couldn't see them. Um, but because like you knew that a bunch of news about what was coming out was about to, to get to you. Um, yeah. and, and that kind of thing. So I don't know. I want to go back to that. I mean, maybe so, I'm no, just nostalgic, I, but I do too. I'm nostalgic about it. And I think, like, like I said, I think there needs to be some type of, I would almost be okay with the E3 side, with E3 handling the business aspect. Mm-hmm. Just let the companies. That's what it's supposed to do anyway. Supposed to do anyways. Let <laughs> Keeley and the Summer Game Fest handle some of the game stuff, and then obviously there's indie things. There's because <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, Summer Games Fest can't do everything. In order to get all those that breadth of games, you would need a giant convention center, and that Summer Games Fest is not set up for that. I mean, it, it's just two days of. If- if if, if anything, I mean, like, and as probably, I mean, this this bridge is bridge is probably long burned. Yeah, yeah. Um. But like, once upon a time, there was a a coalescing that could have occurred where yeah, yeah. where Keeley was doing that stuff on the front end. Yep. ESA steps back. It's like, all right, well, we're gonna we're just gonna do the show, bring yep. everybody together. You're gonna run the front, um, to to keep eyeballs on the show, um, and it's not going to be a, it, it, the problem was that they couldn't put the genie back in the bottle because yep. you can't all of a sudden say, all right, no more. Uh, the show's not public anymore. Nobody else yeah. can come other than industry. Um, and you know, they had, they theoretically could have had their shot to reset it with, uh, after COVID and that's not how it went. I think a part, I almost wonder if a part of it still has to deal with contracts that are signed for the LA convention center, because if you own that convention center, if you have it signed, you know, for the next 5, 10, 15 years, you're kind of screwed. And you have to figure out a way to use it. And that, that means you got to get it to be paid. I don't know. I, I don't know the, that backhand details type of stuff. But I do know that the Reed Pop folks felt uh, I felt so bad for them because they honestly tried. And it an impossible task <clears throat> and a truly impossible task, a truly impossible task. Um because I think they knew what what needed to happen. I think the ESA wanted something potentially a little bit different, and then um, the public wanted something different. So there's, you know, <clears throat> I think I know. trying are, to trying to satisfy yeah. the public was was going to be always yeah. a a failing option. Maybe what opinion. you need to do, maybe what you need to here's maybe. an idea for folks. Ready? Here's an idea for folks. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Pax LA. Um, takes place. Oh god. And, hold on, let me let me let me let me let me hear me out. Let the ESA handle just the business stuff, whether it's in a separate banquet hall somewhere, a hotel rooms, whatever, just be that portion of things. Let that happen. And and the business stuff is done. Consumers still want to play games. We know how great PAX East is, right? Uh PAX East, and it's more indie games, double A game, single A double A games, you know, triple I games, that kind of stuff. Um, and there are always indie things happening. And one of the big things about E3 this year was the indie aspect. I know there were booths getting set up by indie developers who were excited to showcase their products. <clears throat> have have a PAX LA or a PAX Summer, which is just looking at, you know, uh, and it could be the size of PAX here that we had at PAX East. It's just 
again, indie focus, smaller focus, make it a true packs. Don't you don't have to invite Nintendo, you don't have to invite Xbox, they don't have to showcase their stuff because that all that stuff can be specific for the media at a different location. But you really can have this, you can have stuff happening around the same time, but almost have like three different avenues to go for. And maybe that's sort of maybe you have you really do have to kind of blow things apart. Uh, a, a ton. You have to completely separate them in order to get them to work. But I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm the same way. I, as you, I loved, you know, E3. I'd get home from work and I would put on G4 and I would watch all the stuff from E3 week. And I looked forward to E3 week every year because I knew that they were going to be talking about games like from morning to night, morning to yeah. like midnight. You would just hear cool stuff about video games on like g4 and then i would hop online and find out what like GameSpot and um <clears throat> ign were writing and all that you know and you would you would just you'd be inundated with gaming news and get excited for the rest of the year and you'd mark down because like pre-orders would go live that week and you'd start marking stuff down like i can't wait for this can't and that was so cool and that feeling is sort of gone but um. yeah i don't know <clears throat> um Bummer, but uh, yeah, hopefully something comes back in some respect. But who knows? Uh, I want to transition to one last story here, please. And this is a good story. We just news popped up today on uh, since we already talked about sales numbers and stuff, we now have sales numbers of the Steam Deck. Oh, yeah, and it's doing really well. Uh, holds. It sold 1.6 million units during 2020. This, is, this comes from Amdia and our friends over at Games Industry. Um, Steam Deck's total console sales count to hit 3 million units this year. So sold 1.6 million units last year. I know, um, I think the number was something like 900, almost a million were just pre-ordered throughout the year, which is great right. numbers. Only pre-ordered through Steam, which is wild to think about right it's only pre-ordered once imagine if this was at retail <clears throat> um but uh you know those are fantastic numbers in it you know they're looking to have three million by the end of this year <clears throat> which i think and, is and which are which are and projections it, i mean do, do those projections. projections come from valve or no uh, no this i think is, it's this is, this is, yeah this, yeah so it's this is a separate Ambia. research firm um yeah. But yeah i mean you know I, it's it's basically the entire year's worth of sales because it released yeah. in in Feb. Um, yes. So you know it's you know it's 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 interesting because you get. I'm interested to see exactly how those numbers pan out because theoretically there was a really really big lead time right because it was June yeah of the year before. Um, yes, all the pre-orders. Right? I remember June or July. I think it was July. Yeah. July. But I remember all of us pre-ordering, and he, you pre-ordered like three minutes after me, and yours was like third, third, in, you know, third second yeah, in line. I, 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 yeah, I think I got mine. Uh, I got it right before PAX, so right before PAX, yeah. So it was like I got mine in March, uh, March or, or uh, yeah, yeah, mid March. Whenever. It was. Anyway, so so mm -hmm. the the thing is, is that like, how do you count sales, right? Because yeah. all of those reservations were put actually yeah no no it all would have been that year because you didn't get charged until it shipped out so um i would assume that yeah, that's how yeah. they're doing it i mean that's yeah. 1.6 million numbers. consoles um i mean this is this is a device which is literally designed not to have mass appeal <laughs> yeah, um, yeah 
it is a niche. It's I want to say niche. I um I hate to call this a niche device because it's it's a highly targeted. Maybe yeah, it's highly targeted. It's highly highly targeted to a very specific user base, which is folks who already use Steam who want yep. to um play their Steam games on the go and don't want to carry their laptop. I think or, or their I think desktop. that they're I think that their marketing is going to start to shift over to capture new people now that yeah, PR so. is out and now that it has an existing base. Um, you know, they're looking for people that have, especially, you know, a- Apple is, has moved on from Intel chips. You know, they're using their own Silicon. Yep. Um, and while that's really good and they perform really, really well, the one thing that they don't do is uh, have greater support for games anymore. Correct. Um, and I don't see that they, changing. They, they never, they never really. I, it was never they that never, great. They it, said, "Hey, to, we got Resident Evil Seven working on our <laughs> cool or eight, whatever cool, great, awesome." Yeah, but my point is that it's only going to get yeah, worse. No, <laughs> um, yeah. You know, you can't, yeah. you can't dual boot Windows anymore. So, like, you know, there was that angle that you could do before, and that's gone too. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I see that as like a potential. You know, what they're trying to do is say, "Oh, you haven't had a huge Steam library, or you haven't even had one at all." This is what you should get. You should get this and you can play and try out those games that you didn't have mm-hmm. access to at all mm-hmm. before. Um, and I mean, I don't just to pivot real quick before we go, because we didn't talk about this, which is the fact that it, it looked like it was an April Fool's joke. Um, right. Because yeah. because Asus announced this <laughs> on literally April 1st, uh, but they are making their own. Handheld. Uh, con- controller based gaming yeah, yeah yeah so i mean uh, to call it anything other than the steam deck competitor would be kind of right. uh kind of a lie um it is a handheld controller based um gaming computer yep. so it's going to be targeting the, the same exact demographic um we don't know any details about pricing or yeah or we know that it's zen 4 um and uh RDNA three. So the, this the, is the ally, right? The raw. Yes. The, the, the ROG, the ROG ally, um, ROG obviously is an Asus brand, but so the, to compare it, the only thing we know is the generation that the APU, the, the computer chip runs on, um, the steam deck runs on a mix of Zen four, but RDNA two. So RDNA being the GPU side of things. So it's, kind of like one gen behind on the GPU. So if this is, you know, all current with CPU and GPU uh, running on that APU unit, mm-hmm. um, it it will theoretically be, it would be very weird for it not to be more powerful. Um, it's sure. also running it. It's also running a 1080p screen, uh, which is higher resolution than the Steam Deck. One of the reasons why the Steam Deck can look good is by lowering that resolution yep. display. Yep. Um, the biggest question is, I mean, I don't, I personally don't see it dropping at like less than 600 is like, wow, they, they really, they really pushed where, it. Where did they cut corners to get it to 600? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah, sort of got. So battery life. I, it's, we're going to find out that it's 100% bait. It has to be plugged in. It's handheld. It has to be plugged, be plugged in. in. Um, um, you know, I mean, Asus, Asus has done really well with yeah. their gaming laptops over the last three years. Um, I, which kind of positioned them into a to be in a place where they could do this so 
I'm. Uh, I mean, they, they know what they're doing. They do. I. So here's where I I start to think about things. I. It, it's going to Best Buy. It's, it's literally launching in retail. So that's where that's where it, what's really important. And, um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna phrase it this way because that, this is what I was going through my mind when I was just kind of thinking about all these these competitors that are like Logitech has one. Yeah. Nvidia has had the Shield, which has been at Best Buy, I think, other places forever. Both both um, cloud devices. Both cloud devices. Um, uh, Razer has it doesn't really have one. I think Razer may be the brand that could I don't want to say challenge, but would have a chance to really chip away at the Steam Deck. Now, um, yeah, I mean Repu- it, it has it has the brand recognition. Has Although the brand R- recognition, yeah. Um, <clears throat> ROG Republic of Gamers is what it was. ROG uh, is what's what's important is how much they're willing to spend on marketing at Best Buy, at um, Target, at probably Walmart. a lot. <clears throat> it's R- it's gonna so it's gonna need to be a lot because and, and this is where I'm kind of going with this. Steam Deck is selling to people who know about games and about gaming and yeah. whether it's pcs or not in a person who's a gamer knows a steam deck they're gonna they're gonna think if i'm gonna get a portable if i'm gonna get a p a portable pc it's gonna be a steam deck now uh grandma let's say uh aunt aunt vicky who's buy who wants to buy a console as a birthday present isn't gonna go to steam to order a steam deck she can go to oh best buy this plays pc games on the go I'm gonna buy this for my nephew, Aunt Vicky, buying it for little little Timmy. <clears throat> I think that's classic eight hundred dollar brute. Classic, what, classic yeah. But um, and, and really, where I'm going with that is that is the the broad appeal for that kind of stuff is going to be for the folks who don't necessarily I don't want to say don't know enough about PCs, but it it kind of is the folks who aren't as entrenched as the rest of us, like kids who want to get into it. I mean, of course, they're gonna market this. They better market this with like Fortnite, with Call of Duty, with Elden Ring. They have to show all these images and these videos running on this thing in order to even kind of start to get that get that out there. But um, it's uh, <clears throat> it's a it's a different demographic or different market that's going to be aiming for those types of devices. Now, I want them to be competitive because it just it just constantly the more you have out there, more competition pushes pushes devices. It pushes. Um, you know, companies, hey, Playland, pushes companies to make their devices better. Uh, when there isn't competition like the Switch, it just stagnates for six plus years. <clears throat> and we don't get a Switch 2 uh, for that reason until finally the Steam Deck comes out and people start to switch over. Uh, no pun intended. But um, yeah, I think it's, you're going to need to make sure that the ally or devices like that are powerful and are uh, marketed well enough and have tons of money and they're given away with, it's going to be really weird because they're, you have to market that with the PC side and with the gaming side. I mean, you're going to have to essentially have your own key, your own section within the game area. Like yeah, here's so, the switch, so, here's the Xbox, here's the PlayStation, here's their public gamers. Because yeah, if and you don't do that. And so, no and so here's the it. question, right? Place like Best Buy. So I used to work for Best Buy. And so we know what end caps and yeah. what the, yes. what that deal is. Asus doesn't have, uh, you know, it doesn't have blocks. It doesn't have end caps. It yep. puts in game. It has end caps that it puts in PCs. Yes. Does it put yeah. this in PC? And <clears throat> if it does, which is a bad idea. Yes. Thank um, you. <laughs> then 
it, it, it's made a pretty critical error. Um, the so uh, the I, VR stuff uh, was like the VR stuff had its own section, right? At Best they, Buy behind they, Apple, <laughs> behind yeah. the Apple stuff, which was really weird. Yeah, but but it, I think it was still. I think that was the right move. They, I mean, I mean, they had yeah. obviously they had fun money to to yes, to play yeah. with it. Um, so they literally carved out their own section of the floor did, plan right. um, to to make it happen. But yeah, I mean, if if you, if this gets its own little subsection in the PC section, because that's where Asus is, you know, already yeah. has established yeah. foothold. I, I I don't see it going well. Um, you I, know, people I agree. Are, people are people are going to be looking for a for a gaming device, a gaming console, um, and they're going to go to the gaming section to find it. You need you Do need you- to be. What? Do you think Valve will put these because they didn't do that with the index? They didn't do, it, didn't do it with other stuff. Do you think they would put the Steam Deck in retail? Or I mean, they have it in retail in Asia. They don't they have it. They would do it for the, the second one. The I don't see that. Okay. I don't. I don't Got see it. them pivoting to retail um, on on this unit unless something changes where they get a deal that they were like, okay. Target came to us and was like, yeah, we want to put this device here. We're going to give sure. it an end cap sure. and you don't have to pay for it. And then they'd be like, yeah. okay, sure. All right. Um, <laughs> you know, Target, Target's like, we're going to buy out 1.5 million units. And you're like, yeah, go for it. If you want to, if you want to wholesale, buy those units. Absolutely. That's the yeah. only situation. I it, like it's, it's so beyond the pale that it's almost not worth thinking about because right. I don't see it happening otherwise. Okay. Um, but for a second unit, you know, especially you start to if they sell through three million units through twenty twenty three, um, and then they start you know looking at a second one. Honestly, I think the competition only helps. Yeah, something like agreed. Steam Deck. It, you know, you when somebody else is trying to meet the market that you're that you carved out first, and you get that brain like there. Everyone every time anybody's going to be talking about the ally, they're going to be like, oh, the ally isn't that's the rog version of the steam deck like that's that that's going to be the conversation and so that only helps um valve's position in the market and you know they talked about their interest in doing a second one it's not coming this year it's not going to probably not going to come next year um i I don't see it probably happening before 2025 but you know i i could see that one hitting retail dev i I agree and i think if um if they sell the ally as a you know one of the interesting things they could do with the ally with devices like this i I should say is you don't you can sell the game version right if you can't get into the gaming section which i think is always bad to not get into the gaming section because you want that especially next to all the steam steam cards right you're going to sell this device next to the you're going to sell the ally or the steam deck whatever next to all the cards that you use to get money to play games on this device right which is that's where you ideally want or right around that's where you ideally want to sell this because otherwise you can't really get games on there unless mom and dad give you a carter card there's no cartridges there's no discs or anything and a second option or second avenue is to sell this as a kit as a sort of pc light because you can have that um we, we talk about the docking station you have to sell the dock you have to sell a few things uh to to show the versatility of something you you can you can sell this ally and say here it is this is your handheld gaming pc um and then people are going to ask well how do i get okay it's handheld but can i can i get this onto my tv if i want to plug it in like the switch does um you know and they're going to say well we don't sell that 
here, you have to have you have to have those things readily available around wherever the ally is, wherever if Steam Deck or the Logitech version or the INA or whatever. You have to have all that equipment around there because people are going to be asking those. We know from working at Best Buy, <clears throat> excuse me, that people ask these types of questions all the time. Yeah. Um, the I still yeah. talk about the famous Windows 95. I worked at Best Buy when we are transitioning over to Windows 98, and some dude came in and said. Uh, how come, uh, why are you going to Windows 98? I, I don't want to leave Windows 3.1. And I'm like, but dude, um, you can't do stuff on your PC at all unless you get upgrade your operating system uh, to do some stuff. Because there wasn't internet when 3.1 was basically around, you know? I mean, people people refuse to upgrade and they ask yeah. those questions. And so you need that. You need to have things like that available. You need to make it as easy. Uh, and it's going to be, it's going to be real interesting. But regardless of all that, these are great numbers for the Steam Deck. I think once Valve saw how well it was doing with the pre-orders, I think internally um, those numbers change, especially once supply Probably. started. Once supply started catching up with demand, they realized would, we got a we got a good snowball going, and they're, I, I they're probably planning on potentially you know 1.5 million units a year. I would say. Yeah. I, I would love to know how this shapes versus what they were expecting versus yeah, what they planned. Sure. Yep. And you know, if it changes their outlook and stuff like that. Um, the last thing I'll mention, cause I don't want to, sure. we're already at 45, but yeah. Um, the one interesting thing from the ally video was that it was advertising the eGPU that, that Asus is making. Um, and it's a phenomenally bizarre uh, thing to try and <laughs> yeah. market for this Ooh. device. Um, so aside from being, a, I don't know if we have pricing, Asus ROG. I don't think there's pricing for it yet. Oh yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I mean they haven't done one in a minute. Um, okay. Okay. So they had one for the 3080. Yeah. And I want you quick test. How much do you think an eGPU that had a 3080 in it, along with some dock, it has also docking capabilities. It has Ethernet port. I mean, you know, because, you know, it's got all this. It's stuff. got the video out. It's got some USB and it's got an Ethernet port. How much do you think it is? 3080. 3080 eGPU. I'm gonna go with like, I don't know, like eight hundred bucks. Eleven hundred dollars. Oh boy! So, Woo. so your marketing, you know, it has literally a specialized port to use Asus's wow the proprietary um, eGPU. Um, <clears throat> you know, it, I would assume that they're gonna release one updated. You know, this one was from 2021. You're gonna launch this brand new handheld unit and if you wanted to like actually pretend like it's a thing that sure. you want to try and sell you're going to update this for the 4000 series cards um oh <laughs> it's so ridiculous um i mean granted this this feels very razor to me razor also sure. had an eGPU yeah. enclosure that they had for that would go with their with their razor laptops and and stuff like that we're mostly just like it's just very silly to talk about, but um, it really is. It's you know, it's just expensive. like it, it's 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 ridiculous to think about when you're going to be like, 
yeah, we have this. And then somebody's going to be like, well, what about this Steam Deck I've heard about? And <laughs> Best Buy is going to be yeah. like, going to be like, well, we don't sell it. Um, uh, but if they, you know, if the person knows, I'm going to be like, well, it's $400. <laughs> You're like, yeah. can it play the games? It's like, well, it can play some games. And then they're just going to be like, all right, whatever. I don't want this a thing anymore. I'm going to go home. Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. Yeah. I see those poor vendors at Best Buy all the time. And it's just really funny. But uh, all right, moving on. Let's yep. get into some of the games and things that we're that we're Please. playing. I want to start with. So I have, <clears throat> we have. Uh, we're gonna do things a little bit differently because there's only two of us. Even though you know, Zach's Zach's not feeling it. JJ's at work. Uh, Sam is uh, at work. I think so. It's just us two. But I do have some. I do have a very special guest that will be giving a review. However, oh my God, I'm gonna let it? you're gonna see. I'm gonna let you go first with whatever. Oh, sure. Whatever you're playing, because I think, um, yeah. So tell us what you're the, playing. I'll queue up a video or something. The um, that eGPU, by the way, is the mobile version of the 3080, not the desktop okay. class right. version of the 3080. Okay. Um, Good lord! Just to put it, just to put yeah. it in perspective. It's anyway. okay. Um, I uh, I let's see what Steam. <laughs> Open up that library. Steam. <laughs> what have I been playing? Um, I've been playing two things. I mean, I I started uh, Tactics Ogre Reborn was on sale. Oh, I picked that nice. up. I actually picked that up like during PAX week, but didn't put that much time into yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but I have put in six hours in it so far. It's a good tactical RPG. Um, yeah. It's what's crazy to think about for me is playing what that game is and having done it and doing it on an SNES, like back in the oh day, God, remember Fucking that insane. I mean, it's crazy yes. that this game exists. I mean, it, and largely identical to this. Um, the main, the main differences being obviously the, some of the 3d animation stuff and voice acting being, uh, not being part of it, but like, I mean, the game is crazy complicated. Um, uh, God, yeah. Yep. Predates, uh, Final Fantasy <laughs> Tactics by how many years? However, however many so, years. Yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and I don't know. It's just kind of nutty. Uh, it's it's just yeah. so cool that uh, that, it, that it came back. I, I ended up picking this up. I have it for the Switch. I just haven't cracked it open yet. I just uh, yeah, and yeah, it's just like of all the things to to come back. It's just like yeah, mm -hmm. we're gonna remake Tactics Ogre. Like, okay, sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean I, it's. I, I, Oh, it's the gritty it's the gritty stuff that's you know yeah. the grittier side of the square enix stories it's just like oh we your duke was um kidnapped as part of a you know war squabble between two larger um uh factions and you a bunch of brand of kind of like brigands show up and they're like yeah we'll help you out because we're mercenaries and we need work now um and then the story unfolds mm-hmm but six hours in, so not too much yet for me. But nice. It's uh, yeah, it's good. I'll, I'm gonna keep playing that. It's um, it. I think it, it. People were really excited for it, especially after uh, Triangle Strategy was was getting worked because Triangle Strategy is sort of a, is a tactic style game, which I've been playing as well. Which I think that's available on PC now as well. I think it's on Steam. It um, is. But uh, it, you know, Square Enix is has been. I mean, obviously. Octopath Traveler is, and I'll get into a game a little bit later. Live Alive meets Final Fantasy VI, um, and that that HD two D has spawned everywhere. And they they thought, where can we put some of this HD two D into uh, with new games like Triangle Strategy? Yeah, where, can, where, where, where can we get this? Where can we get this tech really, really exactly. going? Exactly. 
Yeah, and then they, and you know, it, it's it's helped bring these classics back because a lot of these games were. Yeah, not at least it, 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 just, it, it at least let me play the game that you know. I mean, they yeah. they've had a couple remakes, yeah. um, but like you know, it's it, yep. it's not the game from twelve years ago that you mm-hmm. know we're two console gens away. Um, you know, this is literally something for the SNES. So yeah, uh, cool but yeah, stuff. no, it's 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 good. I'm gonna I'm, I'm probably gonna just slowly chunk through that one. Also, it runs great on Steam Deck, so that's welcome. Um. And so does my next one, which is Ooh. Dredge. Dredge. So I think I think I was talking to Zach about this one. That was a, and this is the came. water one. Yeah. So you're a, you're a fisherman. Okay. So it is you're a fisherman. You are you're boating yourself to a town to become. It's a town sponsored fisherman, uh, mm-hmm. which is weird. But that you know, you're they need fish, um, and you're you're about to get to the town. Your boat cr- crashes, and uh, you know, then it kind of goes from there. I don't want to spoil too much, but basically, um, there is something wrong with everything, um, and you will find that out. Um, the fog and nighttime makes you crazy, and uh, there are monsters, and that's. That's kind of dread. And then you, but the main gameplay is uh, upgrade your ship, get new types of uh, fish. Right yeah. yeah, that's your ship. You get new types of fishing equipment, new rods, um, uh, a trawling net, crab pots, um, oceanic type uh, fishing equipment, and then you try and get fish and then sell them <clears throat> and then figure out the rest of the mystery. But there's a fish. It's a mystery. It's a fish story. It's a fish story. But no, I, um, it, a lot of folks are talking about this game. It's, like, it's good. I, it's I've it, seen it, it's, all it's, over it's, my timeline. It's this mix of like weird, Ooh, cozy, weird and cozy, um, but also like chilling and eerie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not exactly the. Uh, there's not really that many jump scares or anything like that. It's just. It's very unsettling when it gets to the to the bad parts of the day. Sure, sure. No, oh, man, it, it just looks it looks really cool. Like I said, so many yeah, people are talking about it, this. It 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 pulls a it pulls a lot of weight considering what it is. Uh, you also playing this on Steam? Yeah, so this is also on okay. Steam. I've I've played it uh, on Steam Deck and on my on my bigger PC. Nice. Um, both are good. You get to save a dog. Oh, you can pet. You can look at that. Yeah. Love it, love it, sweet. Yeah, I'm gonna be. Yeah, Dredge is great. I think we're gonna be talking about this game for a little while for sure because uh, I, actually, it almost feels like a Zach ass Zach game. Uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, actually, I was it feels to like Z- a it feels like a Dolly game as well. So I think this could be, yeah, nice. Does Zach not? He didn't. He did not buy it. Uh, okay, I have it saved but... as on my wish list on every platform it's available. So whenever it goes on sale, whatever the first sale price is. Slide over, purchase it. Yeah, I mean, it's it is. I put, I put almost ten hours into that one so nice. far, um, and it's just one of those things where you can try and bum rush and push through whatever that narrative is. You can explore the whole map and just fish wherever you can. Um, Sweet. It, it, there's the fishing is good. It's awesome. it, it. There are you know we've 
we've played some games where the fishing is like that you know fishing alone does not sure. a good game make sure so yeah that's good <clears throat> excellent look forward to that one i um i want to talk about the mario movie oh and, boy uh let me share because we can't really share the uh um <laughs> can't share the trailer because nintendo will take us down uh <laughs> I'll, I'll just share the, I'll just share the web page classic nintendo Nintendo's moment i'll share the web page and kind of flip through some of the posters so um uh the reviews are <clears throat> the interesting thing about something like rotten tomatoes is that it rotten tomatoes doesn't really go always go into review scores it just goes into positive and negative and it you know it's it's kind of a good gauge of what what the majority of folks are sort of saying now 56 that's middle of the road okay um uh some might think 56 is a failing grade you know if you're in high school or a junior high whatever but it's really five is middle of 10. uh from a plot wise this game is exact of this game this movie is exactly what you think it is mario is a plumber who has a brother who have to go rescue the princess that's it from Bowser because Bowser wants the the star or whatever. This is all the stuff that's in the trailer. It's not a it's not a spoiler because there are no spoilers in this. The Super Mario Brothers movie is exactly like Super Nintendo Land uh, in that it is essentially another way to retell Mario's history. So if you're going into this thinking, I want to see a heartfelt Mario, movie, that's not going to happen with this first one because. I think the whole purpose of this movie really was to make this sort of a timeless type of film where you can turn it on at any point in your life, 15, 20, 30 years from now, people are going to turn this movie on and be like, I want to see all those references again from all those games, from all those little, you know, the, the Mario rap. This is, this is a Mario history book um, opened up completely. So um uh, oh yeah! Shout out to Dan Hevia because uh, you know they're they're watching about the, the Mario movie, so it's great. Uh, hi to Charlotte, by the way. Hi Charlotte. We're gonna talk about the Mario. Movie. We're not gonna spoil it. Um, I thir- I really enjoyed it, and when we we I enjoyed it again from the standpoint of it's cool to go see this and see all of those references because you're gonna be sitting back going, "There's that from that game. There's that from that movie. There's that. There's that. There's that. There's that," and it's it's great it's total eye candy it's it's mario history candy um kids absolutely loved this game i love this movie because we went with my daughter went with a bunch of friends of ours there's their kids a lot of kids in the theater dressed up like mario and peach and luigi had hats on and shirts on they all left the theater going, and this was cool and then there was mario kart and then the princess and then donkey kong and then this they were madly in love with this because this was the movie that they wanted. You know, they're the Rotten Tomatoes, a lot of critics, Rotten Tomatoes, and they're doing the right thing by reviewing it for adults. But you need to have, and this is the kind of case where you need to have kids review this movie because kids freaking loved it. My daughter enjoyed it. She wants to go see it again and she never wants to see movies a second time um, because it is all about those references. You're constantly going to be pointing to the screen going, I know that. I know that too. Oh, that's neat that they snuck that in there. The story, again, story is completely secondary. I fully agree with the critics in that the story takes a backseat. 
although it's not double dash, which kind of a bummer because that would be the Mario Kart that everybody likes. So there's no backseat in it. This <laughs> just a joke. Um, but uh, <clears throat> visually, audibly, it's great. Voice acting was fine, surprisingly. Seth Rogen, um, fantastic as Donkey Kong, and Jack Black, fantastic as Bowser. I mean, you're going to go for those specifically. Cranky Kong has almost way too much screen time. I didn't, you know, Cranky Kong was never a thing, but screen time there. Um, uh, and great little, um, like references to Satoru Iwata. There's one little reference in there, Charles Martinet. Yeah. There's all those types of things that you would expect uh, from this. I think seconds into this movie, you know what you're getting. And then the whole rest of the time, you want to see how they integrate certain things. And I think that's going to be, that's what this, this movie is going to be. Um, yeah, Jack, Jack Black is now about, yes, he lived this role. He became Bowser. It's funny because you watch the interviews with the folks and like Jack Black, Seth Rogen, Keegan, uh, Michael, you know, they're, they lived for this, for their roles. Like they, this, for them, this was like the epitome of acting. It seemed because they loved it. Chris Pratt, you know, Anya Taylor-Joy, the rest of the folks are like, it's, we are, a, we're a voice is a, Hey, it's a voice. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, uh, yeah, you know, what you're getting into it from a story standpoint. It is a video game that just plays like a movie essentially one big long cut scene is kind of the way to, to say this um but again it's enjoyable uh i'm not going to knock it for any of that kind of stuff i'm agreeing with the critics and as we know it's going to make a billion dollars it's just going to rule the box office for a while now um and i'm actually more now looking forward to a sequel which they're going to announce but of, of, they have to because i think the sequel will actually be something fresh and new to Mario because there are so many references and Easter eggs and like there is not a scene that goes by where you're like oh that's a character from this game and that's a poster from that game and that's referencing this and that and this and that so yeah um it is a exactly what you think it is uh going into it and if you want to be inundated with Mario if you like Mario remotely you're probably going to go see this uh you're probably going to see it uh, digitally, you're probably going to see it eventually. I mean, it's it's the kind of movie where it's going to be hard to avoid, um, no matter what you try. But uh, yeah, I uh, enjoyable, not groundbreaking, but I again, I think it's the best way that that I was explaining it was it's the kind of movie where you're gonna you're gonna watch it in 10, 15, 20 years, and you're gonna get you're you're just living off of those references, just like you would any Mario game, because this is essentially one long cutscene uh, from from Mario. Look at the opening cutscene of any of the Mario games, of any Mario Kart, and that's what this movie is. And I think that, you know, in the end, I think it ends up being a interesting and probably a smart uh, direction to take it for Nintendo. Because, again, this is their year of Super Nintendo Land, so this is the Super Nintendo Land of movies. Um, yeah, that's it. Any, any questions, Taylor? Or is that kind of... No, I understood Explain your presentation perfectly. Yeah. Thank um, you. Thank uh, you. <laughs> I'm going to bring it back to the board, and we will discuss your proposal regarding yes, the yes. continuation of the Super Mario Brothers movie franchise. Yep. And again, Playland mentions the music. Really awesome how they use uh, Koji Kondo's tunes in there. Every Mario tune that you know is in this movie, and every 
part of this soundtrack is a Mario tune that you know. Like they don't do anything new in this because that's that wasn't the reason. It wasn't the purpose of this movie. And it's yeah, it's just, again one of those interesting things where uh, after I watched the movie and realized what it was, I thought, oh wow, I, yeah, that's it. They they did exactly what they wanted to do, and this movie is going to be around, popping up for a long time because it's it's not a it's just a it's a history lesson in Mario. So that's the Mario movie. Now <clears throat> uh, there's two more reviews coming up, one by me, and then one by the special guest. I'm going to talk about the one uh speaking of of family oriented things finally talk about um the game that i've been playing peppa pig world adventure now uh you might you might know uh we are we were a peppa pig household now we're a bluey household only because of the memes the memes are fantastic um, of course the, the of course <clears throat> i mean you know bluey right yes i do um Peppa Pig was the pre-Bluey. That's how we refer to it as Peppa Pig now. Uh, but the first Peppa Pig game was uh, essentially a like a series of like episode shorts. You know, there wasn't an ending. There, you just kind of play scenes over and over again until you get bored playing it. And it was fine. It was a, an adventure game for kids. Peppa Pig World Adventures actually has a start and a finish. There, there's a, actually a story to this game. The Queen is involved in this, which is really weird. Um, because she's a bus driver. Sorry to spoil it for folks, but that's it's kind of worth seeing. Uh, you're getting me mad, Dally. You're getting me mad, spoiling it. You're no. making me mad. You don't want to see me when you're mad. But uh, the whole purpose of this is you create your character. Like there, that there's a little character somebody created there. You 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 can create your family, and you can have any kind of family you want. So you can have all kids if you just want like a house full of different animals living together. You can have like eight adults and one child. It's just it's a cool way to really kind of create a family dynamic. Uh, but that's what you create. And then all the characters that you create take part in your story because you've moved in next door to Peppa Pig and her family. And um, you are uh, you go on this play group with Peppa on your very first day there. And you find out that there's a cruise ship in town that's going to go around the world. And you get to see all the cool stuff that's happening around the world. And um, so your character, that's one of the first scenes is riding your bike. Your character uh, decides that they want to go on this cruise ship. And so... You do. There's like eight locations, I think, that you can go to all around the world. Let me hit this play button again on this guy. Um, there's like eight locations that you can go to, and uh, there's a few little tasks in each in each one. So you kind of do some very basic sightseeing and and kind of check out some some landmarks. It's it's kind of funny because that's eighth one opens up after you've done some of the stuff in the other one, so they didn't show it there. Um, it's like almost like where in the world is Carmen San Diego for for kids? Because yeah, you. You find out about the Statue of Liberty and you find out about Hollywood and different characters. You, you're finding out things uh, kids are along the way. And it's it's not that it's educational or anything, but it, you know, geogra geography in a way. Um, but uh, again, it's it's just a simple, it's it's a fun little game. Like I said, have fun. this one has a story to complete, which the first one didn't. Um, and it's almost like one longer movie of Peppa Pig rather than a bunch of short episodes or parts episodes like the first one. It's again, a little bit more action than the first game. Um, but uh, yeah, we yeah. all remember how, how boring that was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but 
you know, I, it's, it's again, it's Peppa and it's enjoyable and they, they got a formula with this and it works. And yeah, I mean, Pe well, I don't know Peppa's going to go get a time machine the next time and go through time or, or something. I, I don't know what her next plans are, but um, uh, it's already on sale like two weeks, three weeks after it was out, which I think is pretty normal for these types of games. And if you're, if you're a parent with a kid who is remotely interested in Peppa Pig, there, you, you can't go wrong with this because it's it's a it's a nice little experience for them and it introduces them to adventure games which is what we want all kids to be playing uh so they can get some good good adventure storytelling uh in, into there so yeah pep pig world adventures bam check it out again it and it works great i've been playing on the steam deck which is a really cool oh here's a funny story about that though <clears throat> we had my laptop actually I had the game had the game downloaded on my Steam Deck, and I took this took my MacBook with me to a local coffee shop, and um, opened up Steam to uh, this was like a couple weeks ago, uh, a few days after we got back from from PAX East. Actually, opened up my laptop to get some writing done, and opened up Steam to get some information on a, on a on a review that I was writing, <clears throat> and I thought, oh, Peppa Pig. It said play. I'm like, I didn't install Peppa Pig on my MacBook, and I hit the play button. It was streaming it from my Steam Deck, yep, through my home Wi-Fi, through the coffee shop Wi-Fi to my MacBook. So I'm playing the Peppa Pig game. I'm like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. The table next to us had two kids, uh, two little kids. They saw that I had Peppa Pig. They came running over. At first, I said, "Mom, mommy, mommy, he's playing Peppa." My, and my daughter's like, "Uh oh, my mommy, he's playing Peppa." So the kids kind of would poke their head around the corner to see what I was playing. They're like, "It's pe it's a Peppa Pig game. It's a Peppa Pig game." So yeah, I mean, they were the they probably looked like they were like seven years old, eight years old. They they, they looked right around that uh, right around the age where you're kind of still in the Peppa from six to like six, seven, eight years old. You're still kind of getting the detail yep. in the Peppa there. But um, Peppa Pig is uh, great for memes, which is what my my teenage my now teenage daughter appreciates. <laughs> So yeah, there it is. Peppa Pig World Adventures. It's uh, it's a kids game, but uh, it's put together well. Now, the final the final thing that we're going to talk about. <clears throat> I mentioned we have a special guest. Now, uh, Zach said he couldn't make it. He could make it, and then he just disappeared. Didn't make it. Um, uh, Sam couldn't make it. He was working. JJ said that he was working. And yet, um, he had a review to send over. Okay. And he sent me over a review uh, and somehow ended up here on our um, on our podcast. Now, if I can get this up and running, which where was the link here? Hold on a second. It is. Make sure I have the right the right page. Okay, here we go. It is uh, JJ, and he's going to tell us his review about uh, Meg's monster, which is cool, using a voice naturals text to speech. So he sent me his review. Um, let's see if this works. Tell me if you can hear this. All right. Meg's monster is a game that wears its Undertale influence on its sleeve. Could you hear that? I oh yeah. Let's go. Meg's Monster is a game that wears Take its it away, Undertale JJ. influence on its sleeve. I finished the game a while ago and don't honestly know how you even really review this. Good, good to know. On its surface, 
Meg's Monster is a simple indie RPG about a monster and a child in a silly buddy cop style adventure where you, the main character and monster named Roy, are reluctantly protecting a child that can accidentally destroy everything. Meg is a little human girl that's fallen into a trash heap in the underworld mm. and is looking for her mother. Very normal. Humans are a resource in this world, oh. a consumable good bought and sold as food. Wow, terrifying. So naturally, everybody she encounters wants to eat her. <laughs> yes. Except naturally. for Roy who is obsessed with a black tar that is found in abundance. Huh. Roy is talked into saving the girl by his lanky sidekick Gallon. This is the part I'm having the most problems with, as I get into the combat. Tell me JJ, tell me about this. The combat is all event-based. It is. Scripted. Huh. No random battles or side battles. Really? The combat aesthetically looks like Pokemon. Roy is basically indestructible. What do you mean? He has 99,999 HP. Oh. You're never going to fall in battle. Well, then what's the hook? The hook is that oh. Meg gets worried when Roy gets hurt. Tagline means, if she cries, the world dies. Oh, boy. So if her worry meter gets to zero, it's game over. What? That's crazy, though. You can counteract this with items that are toys. You entertain her and make her happier again. Oh, that sounds cute. This sounds cute and I unique unless that. you really just think about it and realize that the HP on the monster is fake and all they've done is rebrand HP and healing items. Uh -huh. Also, the combat just gets boring. Whoa. That's deep. Every battle has a gimmick and every battle has story beats that dictate how the battle is going to go. So it's scripted is what you're saying. It's a game of resource mm. management in battle, and it's fine for the first couple. Okay. But over the course of the six to seven hours you're playing, it becomes more and more mind-numbing. Wow. That the soundtrack is phenomenal and everything is designed and crafted with love and attention. How much do you love? I love all of the creature designs. Okay, like who? Roy has such a great look for a main protag. <laughs> That's good to know. I just feel like I went into this game with the wrong mindset and it tainted some of my earlier experiences with the game. Uh, I can see that. With all of that being said, and how cruel I am to the combat... <laughs> I love this game. Look, what is it about, though? This is a game all about the story, and okay. while I may not have had all that much fun in the fights, the story itself. Okay. I was invested in the story with my entire heart. You were? I cared about the characters. I was drawn in by everybody. Why? I needed to know what came next. Uh... It was important to me. This game brought genuine tears to my eyes. So you, you cried? I cried. I knew it! <laughs> not a lot of games can say that. Did I enjoy playing the game part of the game? Not really, but even with that said, I think this is a game experience you must experience. Huh, you cried. It's truly a delight and had I gone into it thinking of it as a visual novel instead of an RPG uh. it would have been easier for me to get over the shortcomings of the combat. I cannot recommend Meg's Monster enough. Wow, well there you go. Uh, a, a strong recommendation for Meg's Mom's going to play the, uh, the trailer here. So, uh, thank you, JJ. That was, that was interesting. No, I, um, once he sent that to me, I did a little bit of digging and, a, um, a, a couple folks kind of mentioned the same thing, uh, or similar in that the combat is, it's fake. It's meant, it's not meant to be actual video game combat. This is a, a visual novel that, um, uh, you know, that you're, you're meant to experience a story. And so. I think it's kind of cool. It's a different take on what uh, this Pokemon-ish 
monster hunter or whatever whatever jj was talking about there that uh could be kind of cool but uh yeah looks interesting i'm gonna i'm gonna take a look at it six to seven hours that's right up my alley man because that i don't that is same. that's perfect timing and same. anything that can get emotions kicking uh throughout because of that i think that's something that um that i uh you know i can get behind so and kind of cool monster designs too pretty neat thanks jj very very nice of you to to share your thoughts on meg's meg's monster um hey that's it that's our podcast look at we did it an hour and 16 minutes we had that special guest of jj robo jj jj gpt uh <clears throat> show up um talked a lot of good stuff and enjoyed our birthday celebrations i'm going to eat this uh mini bunt cake now i know it's it's already 10 30 but um I have yeah. tomorrow off, so <laughs> uh, I'll exercise double time tomorrow. Um, my dude, thank you for uh, for joining us. As always, as we as we come to discover, you've been podcasting with us for eight years at least, <laughs> right? That, I'm that was that, pretty sure it's more than that. Even more than that, we we discovered our old. Uh, uh, game awards the original video game awards or game awards whatever they were the stream alongs that we did from eight nine ten years ago and there was taylor popping in on those two i'm like oh crap i mean get some 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 faces popping in that one dan hevia was in one of, it was in that same episode i'm like oh my gosh i remember this now it was so wild such a it was long very it was very ago. jarring to see very. the backdrop of my first apartment yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden unexpectedly <laughs> my first home was in there too i had I actually had hair uh that was same what, 18 pounds ago um but yeah no it was good times uh 14 years strong we'll keep going here we'll keep having fun make sure this doesn't doesn't get into business territory like we said earlier this is, we, we keep doing it because we're just we're just a bunch of friends that's it just a bunch of friends who like talk about games and we like to have you join our conversations and that's what we we build up uh, our community. So with that said, uh, happy birthday side questing. You can find Taylor and I and the rest of the team and all of you, which are a part of our team. Our team is more than just us. Uh, the community, everybody over on our Discord, sidequesting.com. You can find the links there. You can find them on this post. You can find this podcast. Uh, sidequesting TV over on YouTube and Twitch. And uh, I think we're I think we're sidequesting on Mastodon or whatever kids are using these days. I don't even know anymore. Um, we'll see you on the next episode of The Side Quest. Happy birthday! Bye bye. Bye bye. Oh, I just knocked over the butt. I knocked over the butt cake and just cream all over the place.